0: wanted i've been waiting 23 years to say that mic check one two sibilance sibilance <laughs> <laughs> oh. i don't know why i was thinking of that but that's from that's uh tom hanks on um saturday night live yeah and he's, yeah check <laughs> mic one two check sibilance, Mike two, sibilance. <laughs> <laughs> or well there could also be the time where we uh were at that concert and that roadie came on and we thought that the roadie looked exactly like Iggy Pop yeah like look it's Iggy Pop <laughs> look it's Iggy Pop every time they cleared the stage it was like there's Iggy Pop again <laughs> wow Iggy Pop what are you doing here <laughs> why are you a roadie now Iggy Pop yeah, yeah you like oh, you make enough money you don't need to be doing this how yeah. dare you yeah. Marilyn Manson should have known better <laughs> He should have known better for a lot of reasons, but we're not going to talk about those, because yeah. this is the <laughs> FBI's Most Unwanted, and I'm Matt. I'm Justin. <laughs> and today we are going to go ahead and talk about an episode I really enjoy. I've made no secret about that. This one is season two. 3, episode 3 DPO which last episode Justin decided means deep penetrating orgasm. Yeah, and I am very upset that that was not what this was about. I figured you would be. I was um, like, where is it? I've been waiting this whole time with my pants down, waiting for well, it. Well, that is what the monster of the week wanted to give to the lady, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, this episode was directed by Siri uh, regular director Kim Manners and written by uh Howard Gordon also uh, a regular writer on the show it originally aired October 6, 1995 and this one actually had a lot of guest stars uh two of oh, them Oh yeah it did. two of them pretty notable uh Giovanni Ribisi whom I love uh <laughs> I've never seen Giovanni Ribisi do anything I didn't like and Jack Black as Bart Zero Licori. And then also <laughs> the sheriff. This one's a little deep cut. I'm going to see if you know this. Ernie Lively. Uh, Ernie Lively. Um, and I'll give you I, a hint. You'll mostly know who he is because he's the father of someone quite famous. Uh, well,. Blake Lively's dad, I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Blake Lively's dad. Uh, I don't necessarily know as he if he was in anything big that we would have seen. I'm just checking. Let's real find quick. out. Yes. Well, he's um. Well, he was in a lot of old TV shows. It looks like he was in. Uh, the Waltons. What? He, he was in both Sisterhood of Traveling Pants movies. Wow, he was uh, on the Waltons. Turn- he was on the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. Yeah, he's kind of a character actor. Uh, uh, he was in the movie. Oh, he was in the in the knockoff ET film Ghost Chase. Ghost Chase, I do not know. the. I know the more famous E.T. knockoff, which is Mac and Me. <laughs> well, Mac and Me, no, you need to look up Ghost Chase. <sighs> it is, like, if you want, it's so weird. Yeah. Because it's like a ghost show. It's like a ghost movie, but because it was kind of done similar to, like, E.T. I mm- might be wrong, but it's so, like, it's very weird. <laughs> huh. Uh, just some behind the scene, fun behind-the-scenes stuff on this episode. Chris Carter had had the idea for this episode since the first season, but his idea was only two words, and he didn't quite know what to do with these two words. And the two <laughs> words were Lightning Boy. And they had been tacked to a board in his office since the first season. Um, so... He got uh, some of the writers to crack the story for him because he wasn't quite sure what to do with it. And that's how Howard Gordon came to write the script, which he described as Beavis and Butthead Electrified. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's kind of what it was. (laughs) It really is. Um... Also, uh, Giovanni Rabisi, he actually auditioned for the role of Darren twice during his first audition. Chris Carter didn't like him and sent him away. But casting director Rick Milliken was like, no, no, he was like, he was good. We got to get him back. And so he came in a second time and got the role of uh, the Darren Oswald. who is Well, good, because he did a damn good job with it. Yeah, he did. Um, Let's see. Teller, Sheriff Teller. This is an interesting bit of trivia because I have two sides of this issue. Uh, Sheriff Teller in this episode was named after Teller from Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller. (laughs) Uh, In this article I'm reading here, it says the pair had wanted to appear on an episode of the show, but conflicting schedules... Made it not happen, so they added this reference. I've heard Penn say they were wanting to be on the show, but they wanted to be on an episode because Penn and Teller are uh, famously anti supernatural folks in the real world. They wanted to be on an episode where it turned out the spooky thing going on was not supernatural and Chris Carter would not cave. Is the way Penn has told that story in the past. So, I don't know which one of those is true. Um... (laughs) Which is interesting. God, that would have been great, though, to have Penn and Teller on an X-Files episode. Yeah, it would have. And uh, But like I said, either they were supposed to be in an episode and their schedule didn't do it, or they didn't want to be involved in something that promoted the idea that the Supernatural... I, I, I don't know. I have now heard two sides of this story. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Any other thing? Oh, uh, the special effects was pretty interesting. The super special effects supervisor had to create a lightning machine, which was concealed in the ground and used mirrors and a special generator to create the effect of a lightning strike. Um, it was super powerful. It could burn the grass and to keep Giovanni Rabisi from being burned or electrified. He had to stand on a special platform which they hid using camera angles. Wow, okay. Yeah. Sure, okay. If you really want to try and not murder them, like. Yeah, all right. Well, it, th- th- listen, man, we have this machine. It's going to make lightning, okay? But it might hurt you, so you have to stand on this so it won't. <laughs> there is a. Uh, magic trick there is a certain way that electricity can pass through it's a quote-unquote magic trick it's actually a basically a science trick well it's, you, you have to complete the currents a, it yeah it has to do with the currents um which apparently they doesn't sound like they did for this and it says they also augmented the special effect with sparks and smoke and a special anti-fire product had to be applied to the costumes of the shit. actors being Holy hit by shit. lightning. shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one last interesting thing is uh, there is a scene in this episode involving dead cows and they tried to make a fake dead cow And decided it did not look real, and so they had to uh, fight for permission to use a real dead cow called a slaughterhouse that already just had a full-on dead cow laying around, and they brought it out to that field and shot that scene with the dead cows. (sighs) Because, like, I'm watching that, and I'm like, wow, that cow looks really good. Like, they did a really good job. Oh, that makes yep. sense. But also, They did a sad. really great job going to get a real yeah. dead cow. They did not kill the dead cow, because uh, they were like, oh, shit, what do we do? Uh, it says they were, you know, obviously very concerned about uh, animal rights groups, and they had a very hard time, I guess, with the network and such. And so they tried the fake dead cow and were like, nope, this does not work. And had to uh, get a real dead cow from a slaughterhouse. And one last kind of sad fact. During the filming of this episode, director Kim Manners' best friend was killed. And, uh, of course, due to this horrific turn of events, the production crew were all like, No, uh, like, it's fine. You go ahead. We'll just get another director and press on. But in a very Scully-like fashion, Manners was like, no, I have to finish this episode. Damn. Yeah. So... Okay, so I guess we'll start talking about it now, because there was a lot of just interesting behind-the-scenes st- creating this thing. So, Well, uh, right off the bat, this opening in an arcade made me wish I was at an ar- another arcade. Yes, and... Um, there were a lot of... I tried to catch as many cabinets as I could, and now, of course, I've forgotten them, but I definitely remember that in this opening scene, there is very clearly a Primal Rage cabinet sitting right there, and I love What's Primal really fu- Rage growing up. Yeah, What's really funny, too, is, like, you could hear a bunch of arcade, like, noises, and all of them were super generic, except yep. for Sonic. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that had to do with... Like obtaining the rights and stuff like that. Well, Sega was still kind of like weirdly floundering-ish, I think, mm-hmm. around that time. Right, um, but I mean, I'm wondering if maybe Sega was uh, relatively inexpensive. Probably. But it just Cause... made me wish, because the last time you and I went to a full-on arcade was the pinball hall. Ah, oh, the pinball Hall, fame. Oh. Ball. <laughs> oh, uh, didn't, uh, didn't... Were the Mortal Kombat sounds in the Mortal... Co- was he playing Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? He was playing was Virtual it... Fighter. Virtual Fighter, okay. Yeah. The lesser of the group. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes, the opening... Oh, Sorry, Morty. Nice! Uh, just, uh, Good one! Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the opening scene is this video arcade in Connerville, Oklahoma. And there's this dude... Um, Jack Hammond. In, yeah, yeah. Yes, Jack Hammond. <laughs> I was like, for a minute, I thought you froze for a second. I, like, no, I happened? was trying to. I was trying to think of the dude's name, and then I, I was like, oh yeah, I've got my summary right here. <laughs> Jack Hammond. He's playing, you know, virtual fighter, and Darren Peter Oswald, uh, Giovanni Ribisi's character comes up, and he's like, hey, I was playing that that was my yeah, game he, he's very much like a very slow-minded uh like kind of with a like a with like a weird like su- country accent yeah he's uh slow is he's slow a good jack, way to put yeah, it yeah jack black says the r word yes uh, jack black uh, later on says that it's one of the other characters thinks he's r Yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> So, Hammond, uh, this fight happens, Hammond pushes Oswald down, and all the power in the arcade goes out, except to a good old-fashioned Wurlitzer jukebox, um... And this song, I didn't know, I had to look it up, but a song starts playing, it's called Ring the Bells, and it's by an English rock band called James, which is a band I've never heard of. I've heard of them, I've just never listened to them. Um, And Hammond is like, what the fuck? And so he leaves, he's like, I'm out of here. If only he said what the fuck. I know, he's basically just like, I'm out of here. It, well... First, uh, Darren Oswald stands up. He goes, is it my turn now? (laughs) Yeah, and Zero is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, Zero is kind of an enabler in (laughs) this situation. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And so uh, Hammond, he goes out to his car, and he starts his car, and the same song that was playing on the jukebox is playing on his radio, no matter what station he tries to... Turn his radio to, so he goes to peel out, but his car uh, like breaks. There's like a big it, electrical. It like shut, well, no, at first it shuts down. Like it complete. Like something happens where it like yeah gets turned off. Yep. Except for the radio. Right, and then there's like a big electrical explosion, and then he just starts going. Shaking. You know, he's shaking, uh, shaking, and everything, and then he dies. And Oswald just goes back to playing Virtua Fighter after watching this dude die out in the uh, out in the parking lot. So um, then Molly, Mully, uh, Molly, Molly, yes, <laughs> Molly Mully comes onto the scene. That is my shortened abbreviation Mully of Molly and Skulder. And, yep, Molly and Skulder. Uh They come onto the scene for I. Don't exactly know why. <laughs> well, it's it's sort of a throwaway line, uh, that's said a little bit because uh, it's very kind of in it because the whole thing is they're like doing a well, autopsy. A, and right, like, there's five yeah. people who have been struck by lightning in this one town. Well... Quote, unquote, they think is struck by lightning, but it makes no sense how their body's completely intact, but really it's, like, only specific, like, their heart was fried. Right. Jack Hammond, his heart was, like, cooked, and he had no uh, impact, like, any point of contact. Because normally there'd be, like, a burn on his skin or something. Yeah, and so they... So they they basically came out because it's more of a coincidence that all these like mm-hmm. lightning strikes have been have been happening in the, happening in the ex- exact same area mm-hmm. without any explanation and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a throwaway where it's like they're all back on the job but Mulder's not completely happy with it because right. of how things turned out from the last couple episodes yeah. but they're just kind of going with it and he's <sighs> And then for no reason, this Sheriff Teller, they set this guy, they set him up like, oh, this guy is clearly covering up something. No, he's just a huge dick. And I'll spoil that now because he's like, wow. We got the Lightning Observatory here in town. They study lightning all over the place. Did you know? Like, why are you even here? People get struck by lightning all the time. And they got lightning rods. I have breakfast with one of these guys every morning. And did you know that they don't really even understand lightning? So what makes you think you understand lightning? And he's just... Oh, God. He's just a dickhead. I'm I'm like, I really hope you... Like, throughout the episode, I'm like, I hope you get... Like killed off. Yep. And also in this first scene, they do mention that five... Originally, they say five men have died due to lightning strikes, and then uh, either the, the sheriff or the coroner says, well, five men were hit. Only four died, and that's important later. Yeah. Um, so they're like... So Mulder and Scully, they're like, okay, well, we're gonna go look at the scene anyway. So they go, they look at the car, they go inside and scully starts talking to zero and she's like hey do you know this guy and zero's like no man never seen him before he's such a stoner it's it's, jack plack basically plays a just somber version of his older self in this yes (laughs) yep he really did no man Uh, don't recognize him uh oh, no, wait, yeah, he was here, and he fed some quarters into a machine, and then he left, and uh, meanwhile, Mulder, he's walking around, and he happens upon the Virtua Fighter machine, and he's like, hey, Scully, look at this, and this is where he sees that all of the high scores are D-P-O, and he's like, hey, aren't those the initials of uh, one of the, of the one of the men who got struck by lightning and scully's like yeah uh darren peter oswald he's the one that survived and Mulder's like well he was here last night so let's go see if he saw anything interesting which is which is another one of those like sort of bold like Mulder claims Mm -hmm. sort of because like he's like yeah because zero didn't really say which machine he was just like, yeah, he came in, put pumped some quarters in. Well, I think Mulder's point was because the the high score says the date. Oh, there's time the time. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. So, there's the time. So being Mulder on. says, Well, this guy was here playing games. Maybe he saw what happened. That's what Mulder yeah. says. Uh, so they go to look for and so then we cut to uh Oswald. He works in an auto repair shop and he's under the car and he happens to see some legs walking in she got legs <laughs> and uh he times it he watches the legs come and he watches the legs come and he watches the le- and he pops right out from underneath the car right in time to be like basically looking right up her dress yeah yeah great camera angle there buddy i was like okay oh, yes. yep Well, he's a big perv because this is uh, his boss's wife. Her name is Sharon Kavit. And we find out that basically uh, Sharon was one of his teachers once upon a time when he was in high school. And he is in love with her. He's like, oh, she's like, well, is is, uh, my husband here? He's supposed to take me out. To, uh, is Frank here. He's supposed to take me out for dinner, and he's like, "What? Well, uh, are you hungry? Cause we got some donuts. You could come back. They're from yesterday, but they're still good. I ate uh, one today. Yeah. They're fine, you know." <laughs> Classic creeper, just and like she's wow. Super uncomfortable, as she should be, because he's really creepy. <laughs> well, it's the same. It's the, it's it's the whole mint. This is like in that same era where a lot, of they, they really pushed with men just approaching women mm-hmm. and making it a hostile environment. Like, this was, it was yeah. huge. Or, like, at bars, no no matter where they were. Mm-hmm. so well, And it, we also find out that he had already been hitting on her, and she's yeah. like, no, like, I already told you, like, no, I'm married. And Frank shows up, and uh, Mulder and Scully show up, and they start talking to you know Darren and they're like did you see anything he's like no man i did, you know i didn't see anything and, just played my games yep and all of a sudden Scully goes Mulder what, what is happening and there is smoke coming out of Mulder's pocket and Mulder uh, actually in in this whole interaction one of the things was that i before this that made me laugh real hard uh, just because it was so goofy is when uh, Mulder says, well, you know, this is uh, Jack Hammond. He was struck by lightning. And Darren just goes, ha, yeah, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> yeah, that happens. So, yeah, and Scully's like, Mulder. What and Mulder, like, reaches in, and his cell phone is, like, smoking melting. and melting, and he drops it to the floor, and... Mulder and Oswald is basically just like, "Huh, well, that's weird." I'm well, I'm going gonna back go to, back to work. <laughs> I'm going back to work now. <laughs> <laughs> um, freaking ace. So uh, later on, uh, we're at uh, this farmhouse, and there's a woman watching television. We find out it is Darren's mom and she's watching Springer and Oswald is changing the channel on her with his electrical powers. And she's a bitch. This woman, because she's like, would you stop messing with the remote? And I was watching that. And she turns it back to Springer and Darren's like, why do you want to watch them? They're a bunch of losers. And she's like, because they're on television. I don't see you on television. Maybe if you were on television, you can get yourself a woman. And I'm like, what a bitch. Yeah. So zero shows up and he's like, dude, the, the FBI was, Oh God. They, I didn't tell him anything though. And Oswald, he's all drunk, and he's like, "Ah, you, you know what? I feel like letting off some steam. Come on!" And Zero's like, "Oh no, no, not no, man, not the cows again!" And Oswald's like, "Yeah, the cows again!" And he runs out next to the cows, and he starts just screaming at the sky, just like, "Come on!" i'm here i'm here i'm ready I, as, J- as jack black does a uh, jack black Pratt fall like in the bat down a hill He runs and he dives down yeah. the hill to like duck for cover because lightning starts striking all over the place and uh it misses the cattle but hits darren it's, yeah it's made Ooh. to look like it hits darren yeah, who falls over and Zero runs back up the hill and he's like, are you okay? And uh, Darren's just like, yeah, never better. So here's, here's the thing that kind of threw me off because it never came back throughout the episode because it felt like when he popped back up after getting hit with a lightning ball, his whole demeanor changed. Like... For briefly, and it's like, oh, shit, does, like, him getting hit by lightning make him, like, a Jekyll Hyde kind of person? Because that's what it made, like, just that one bit, and then I was like, oh, never mind. It, I, I don't I know if it was he, just the way it was angled. I almost feel like may- maybe he gets some sort of rush out of being struck by the lightning. Oh, it's the orgasm! Uh, there it is! Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got his DPO right there, yeah. man. Right Dang. from the... So, um, even though in the last scene it looks like he missed all the cattle, the next scene is the scene with the dead cow we talked about because. Uh, well, they can't show a cow getting electrocuted. That's probably true. They probably had problems with the. They couldn't get the cow onto the lightning stand that uh, Giovanni Rubisi stood on. <laughs> and PETA and would have been <clears throat> all over their ass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so they show up. And the sheriff's just like, what do you think went on here? They all just got hit by lightning. And the, the lightning observatory right over there behind those trees, they said there was lightning last night. And see this over here? This is the uh, lightning glass. There's a technical term for it. I can't remember what it is. But, you know, when uh, lightning strikes sand and it makes glass. And so I think it was just lightning and such a dick. He walks away, and Scully's like, what do you expect to find, Mulder? And Mulder's like, well, I don't know. I, It could still be lightning, but last time I knew, lightning didn't leave shoe prints melted into the ground. And he points out that he pulls this piece of lightning glass out of the ground, and it's got a boot print in it. And so they... Um, I can't quite remember how they figure out that it was Darren's shoe print. Like so they, they go they, to the they, lab. Scully yeah. figures out it is a, a boot that is a size eight and a half. Um, really good joke, by the way, she goes, well, it's a standard military boot, uh, you know, size eight and a half. And, mul- cause, and it's only part of a shoe print. It's like the heel or something. And Muller's like, whoa, eight and a half. Scully, you're really good. And she goes, well, it's written on the souls. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the only reason they found out was uh, that it was his because of just how suspicious everything's been. Because after that, because uh, well, I know they go to his house, but yeah, but, but while because while he goes to their house, while he goes to. His oh right, house, they haven't was... figured it out yet because the traffic. Thing yeah, happens first, right? That's yeah. Right. The trap because they're at the house while the while the traffic thing's happening. Well, I thought they went. No, because after because the Mulder was still suspicious because of the whole melting of his phone thing. Oh yeah, because like, of the mel- so they go to Darren's house and they're like searching his room and his mother's like, "I knew he was no good. What kind of trouble's he in?" And they're like, "Well, we don't know if he's in any trouble." And they're searching his room. And Mulder Mulder finds finds a playboy Mulder finds a porn and Scully's like, I thought you would have read that one. And Mulder's like, oh, I have. But my (laughs) because Mulder loves his porn. Yeah, he's like, but mine didn't come with this in it. And it is a picture cut out, uh, apparently put onto the body of the centerfold, the face of. Sharon Kavit from the High School Yearbook, which they find in uh, Darren's um, closet. As well as another shoe. As well as, yeah, yeah. the matching shoe. Meanwhile, Darren is out sitting on (laughs) the side of the road on a billboard, and Zero comes up, and Darren is sitting there using his power to cause near traffic accidents by making like the light always green on all sides or whatever. So people coming through the four way, keep almost hitting each other and zero comes up. He's like, Hey man, I was just thinking like, maybe we should just leave here. Maybe like,
1: we going could to like, go to Las
0: Vegas you with your powers you could make a lot of money in Las Vegas and Darren's like I ain't going to Las Vegas I got to stay here and make Mrs. Cavite love me <laughs> and Darren's like dude she thinks you're an artard and that's where he said, and he's like yeah. I don't care I'm going to make her love me and all this other shit and so he causes a car accident cuz it makes him it makes him feel better He's like, "Woo! that was a great car accident. Let's go, Let go get a closer look. Let's go get a closer look. And so uh, because Darren works for an auto body shop, his, or uh, you know, an auto shop, his boss shows up with the wrecker. And his boss sees Darren like staring at him. And all of a sudden, uh, Frank Cavite has a heart attack. And he falls over and the paramedics, they go and they get their defibrillator and they try to use it and it's not working. Won't power up and Darren walks over and he's like, don't worry, Mr. Kavit. I saw how they do it on the TV and he puts his hands on his and he goes clear and he shocks him. And so he saves uh, Frank's life. And the paramedics are like, what the, what the, what happened? And he's just like, rescue 9 yes. Jesus. <laughs> oh, he's so good. And so, uh, the agent, uh, Mulder and Scully, they go to the hospital and they question Sharon and they're like, we think he's got like some kind of thing going on. And she's like, well, he did tell me he had powers but i didn't believe him like he just says he did cpr on my husband Uh, they're like well we think he does and so they get his medical records trying to find anything weird about him and all they find is that he has some kind of electrolyte imbalance in his blood like, I had to look this up when this happened. I'm like, because I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly how electrolytes work. It's sort of... because uh, Yeah, electrolytes do help uh, electricity move around your body because there is electricity in your body a little bit. Your body does need it. That's part of how you function as a human being. And so basically what they're trying to say is this electrolyte imbalance this uh low level of potassium or whatever he's got this weird thing where they don't spell it out i kind of had to like like you i kind of had to look this up and kind of figure out From i think what they're trying to point out here is that like he had this imbalance then he got hit by the lightning Survived and somehow those two things combined gave him this power? Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's weird. It's kind of a bullshitty kind of trying to squeeze a reason he can do this in there. Where technically they didn't even need to give a reason he could do this. Like yeah. he could just do this and it would be fine. Um so they bring Darren in to question him and he is like i didn't do anything i just all i did was i saved his life and he's like freaking out and so the sheriff releases him and they're like what did you do and he's like i don't believe this whole thing you got going on thinking he killed some people you don't even have any evidence he killed anybody so you can't hold him and then so ridiculous. Uh, we go back to poor, uh, this this scene. We go back to the arcade, and Zero is in there. And the lights go out, and he's like, Darren? And the music starts playing. He's like, oh, no, Darren. No, dude, what? S- stop messing around. This isn't funny. And he tries to get out, and he he's like, no, dude, no, I didn't no i didn't tell them anything i didn't i swear i didn't rat you out to the feds and he starts running across the parking lot trying to get away and darren strikes him dead with lightning. which this is it's a, such a cheesy moment too because it shows him like on top of the arcade with mm-hmm. like thunder and lightning and with, like dark clouds behind him that's like so like like so green screened <laughs> yep totally um, so Mulder and Scully they rush to the hospital to protect Frank and Sharon Cavite because Darren is out there and they believe he's dangerous because he is. And when they get there, the power goes out in the hospital and they go to the elevator to. For some reason, because I guess they think the backup generator well, is no, going they on? think no, they think he's there because the oh, they think he's in out. the elevator because yeah. it comes up, right? Yeah, and no, it's just Zero's corpse in there. Um, so Scully goes to get Sharon Kavit. or well, actually, no, Darren goes to get Sharon Kavit, but when he gets to the room, it's empty. Because he's, you know, Mrs. Kavit. Mrs. Kavit. (laughs) And Scully shows up with her gun, and she's like, nope, come on, you're going with me. And he flips out. He starts screaming at her that he's not leaving. And finally, Sharon shows up, and he's like, you're going to come with me, or I'm going to hurt you. And that's weird. My, um... Sorry, I just there's weird noises coming from my uh, heater over there. That's unsettling. That's not good. No, I'm kind of worried that's going to cost me money. Sorry, I'm gonna. That's anyhow. Uh, I got distracted by. that. Sorry, I got um, now. I'm thinking a bunch of hot because I've been watching a lot of ghost horror movies. <laughs> spooky, spooky heater. Spooky. Yeah, uh, so yeah, basically, Sharon is like, nope, okay, I'll go with Darren, so that Wait, nobody it's gets... It's just her- so big, because Scully was just like, I will shoot you, and if you keep walking, he's walking, and she's just like, I'll do it, if you keep go- coming closer, I'll do yeah, it! It's it's one of those things where, like, she kept threatening to shoot him, but she obviously, I mean, he's what, like, a high school dropout, maybe? Yeah. He's, like, 16, 17. Like, even though he's wicked dangerous, it's probably also hard to, like, straight-up shoot a kid. I mean, yeah, I guess. But it's just one of those things where, like, where she's, like, I... It's it's always been a problem I had with, like, with those things where, I will shoot you if you take one more step. Mm -hmm. And they take, like, five steps, and they're like, I'm gonna do it! Yeah, I... There's one... Uh, ah, there's a movie specifically I'm thinking of where that happens, but I cannot remember what movie it is. Ah, it's gonna drive me bonkers now, but I do remember a movie where, like, there's one guy screaming, I will shoot you! Um... mm, Oh, I know what it is! Ah, um... It's in *The Dark Knight Rises*, where they're trying to cross the. Oh uh, yeah. Where uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is trying to s- cross the bridge, and the soldiers standing there are like, "Don't take another!" I and eventually, instead of shooting him, they just blow the bridge up. Yeah. It took me. I knew it would come to me, and it's like because I could imagine the actor in my head just screaming, "I will shoot you!" <laughs> like, um. <clears throat> So, Sharon and uh, Darren – Sharon and Darren, hey. They, I'm so sorry, Sharon. I'm so sorry. Sharon, Sharon, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. Um, they go outside and he's like – Darren's like, oh, we're going to – everything's going to be so good now. So creepy. And he's so creepy and everything. And the sheriff shows up and he's like, hey. Look, I don't know what you're doing, but you gotta—you can't bring this lady with you. Like she doesn't want to go with you. Like, come on. And uh, the sheriff gets killed <laughs> by <laughs> lightning, <laughs> just like you wanted. And I was like, "Yeah, thank you, finally." And while Darren is doing that, Sharon runs. Mulder pops out from behind a dumpster and grabs her and <laughs> puts a hand over her mouth to keep her from screaming. And... Darren comes, and he's, like, just flipping out. This is I was going to be so good to you! Where are you? And... He summons the lightning but oh no this is where the sheriff dies yeah yeah, the sheriff dies at this point at this point because the oswald summons the lightning kills the sheriff and strikes himself but darren survives again and he's put in a psychiatric hospital and this is the point where mulder and scully have their little wrap-up where scully's like uh they ran all the tests on him Everything about him seems normal. There's no proof that he killed any of these people. The district attorney has no idea what they're going to do with him. And they stand and they're standing there looking into his room in the psychiatric hospital and Oswald is using his powers to change the channel. On the TV in his room, while the song Live Fast Diarrhea by the Vandals plays. Which was a he- weird, yeah, I was like, uh, because he was always, he was, they, Vandals got a lot of, like, yeah the Vandals time Vandals on, like, were, his, sh- like, He wore merch. a Vandals shirt, he had a Vandals uh, poster in the room. Uh, Live Fast Diarrhea is a funny-ass name for a song. Live Fast Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Uh, like me after eating eating too much, too many tacos. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. But yeah, that is the end of the episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed it, just because I Mm -hmm. like this kind of like these kind of like weird episodes where like the humans more the monster Mm -hmm. uh, kind of deal. And also, one thing I kind of really enjoyed uh, because some shows will sometimes forget about this. Uh os Osmer, Oswald, uh, yeah. Osmond had like the uh, like the scar on the back of his neck. Yes, throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad they kind of, because most of the time they would probably forget something like that throughout the show. Yep. He had a, um, yeah. He had a big gnarly scar too. <laughs> yeah. Was I was like, just like, I appreciate a, that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I give this a solid A for like as a standalone. Like, Monster of the Week style. I really enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, I also think this one is a big old A. I've made no secret. I like this one a lot. It's a good standalone Monster of the Week episode. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi makes for a good kind of weird, creepy kid that doesn't really know what he's... You know, just like this dangerous, disaffected kid with powers... Um, it's if Droopy Do- if droopy Dog had electrical powers, basically. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, that's DPO. Uh, next week's episode, I'll make no secret of this either, next week's episode is also really good. It is a standalone, I don't want to call it a Monster of the Week episode, though, because there's really no monster in it, really. It is uh, weird, and it's... Uh, definitely got a lot of supernatural going on, but it—I wouldn't call it a monster. And the episode is titled "Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose," which uh, I'll give it away now, just for anybody. Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose always comes up in uh, pretty much every top X-Files episode list I've ever seen. Okay. So it's wicked good. I'm um, down. And it's got a it's got a fun guest star, just like this week's episode had some fun guest stars. And I'm not gonna tell you who that is, you'll all find out. So huzzah! Everybody's homework for next time is Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Later, everyone. Later um.